When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. Time to continue with Solandor's Grand Wing of Illusion. On to round ten. The gathered onlookers rise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the Circle of Stones. The tenth round of Solandor's Grand Wing of Illusion. It's about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of all of Solandar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift, and before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. The March of the Wooden Soldiers. You find yourself standing in the middle of a broad road, reaching through the mist of a small town, all around you, bathed in the bright afternoon sunshine, the signs that a brutal fight was waged here. Broken and discarded weapons lie sca- shattered, scattered from one side of the road to the other, and here and there, we spot curious piles of smashed wood. Suddenly, the sound of feet falling in step from behind spins you around. Behold a strange and terrifying sight. Marching along the road towards you in, in the straight column, what can o- you only describe as three wooden soldiers. The strange wooden men, all roughly your size, with limbs and torsos craft out of hard, rough hewn wood. Each of them wears a green tabard and, cr- and clutches a sharpened oaken sword. The heads of these wooden beings are little more than blocks of wood that have been carved to bear only the crudest resemblance to a human face. The silent soldiers continue to march along the road towards you, their unmoving, motionless gazes focused straight ahead. Behold, Zoop, the town of Girdhall, and it was in the waning months of summer, 300 years ago, says Solodon. This is the very first attack of the wooden soldiers, and luckily enough for you, your goal is to defeat it. These odd beings, creators, creations of the sorceress Firastra, plagued the countryside of Western Tysa for nearly a year. She believed that her wooden army would allow her to challenge the crown for control of the kingdom. It was a rather hopeful notion on her part, as history will bear witness. Nevertheless, here you are, my friend, and I wish you luck against them. You ask Solandor what befell Gondor during his first invasion. He tells you that fortune was on their side that fateful day. A lone hero, an adventurer, you might say, much like yourself, Zoop, arrived in town just prior to the attack. He led the counterattack that drove them out. After the battle, it said that he rode off without giving his name to anyone. A small mystery that will likely stand for all time. 
Solondor's apparition rapidly fades and the scene about you quickly returns to life. The three wooden soldiers, their inanimate, emotionless faces focused on you, continue their approach. You move forward to meet their advance and quickly find yourself engaged with the first of these strange beings. It's a wooden soldier. The wooden soldier slashes at you with his sharp oaken sword. Ooh, the enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on me for six damage. And another one for eleven damage. Yes, and now it is slain, but there are more. Five XP. The second wooden soldier lurches forward, stepping over the remains of his slain kin and attacks. Well, at least these aren't Okawak. Because then I'd be in trouble. He probably, Solandor probably doesn't know about Otorok. Otherwise he probably would have some attacked me. The wooden soldier slashes at you with his sharp oaken sword. And is slain. The second 5xp, the second wooden soldier collapses, leaving you to face the last of the trio. Yes, wooden soldier slashes you with his sharp oaken sword and is slain. Five XP. A chorus of screams reaches your ears as you step over the shattered remains of the wooden soldiers. Not far ahead, you spot a band of 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 the of four of the wooden men advancing on a group of seven unarmed townsfolk. Two men and one woman are doing their best to shield the four children cowering behind them as the merciless wooden soldiers march steadily towards them. Your sudden arrival draws the immediate attention of the wooden soldiers. You step between them and their intended victims and assume a defensive stance. The townsfolk rush to safety, leaving you to face the enemy alone. The first pair of wooden soldiers stride up to you and attack. I fight two wooden soldiers. Well, one thing I can say, if this town was real, it wouldn't have to worry about gathering firewood. The wooden soldiers slash at you with their sharp oaken swords. And one more. Oh, oh, no, no, it got me this time for eight damage. Now it is slain. 5 XP. The two remaining wooden soldiers step forward to replace the two that now, now lie broken on the ground at your feet. Two more of them, they slash at you with their sharp oaken swords. And I are slain. 5 XP. You turn away from the splintered remains of your foes, only to find yourself confronted by three more wooden soldiers. Each of these wooden men bears a crossbow, which is levelled at your chest. Before you can react, the trio loses their bolts. The deadly missiles hurtle straight for you, picking a number. I get a bonus of 59, 40 from agility and 19 from luck. Picking a number, 110. You twist to your side, narrowly dodging the free, hurtling crossbow bolts. Whoosh! With no desire to allow the wooden men another opportunity to fire, you boldly step forward to confront them. The three wooden soldiers cast aside their crossbows and draw sharp oaken swords as one of the trio of wooden men advance upon you. You skirt to your left as they approach, making it so you only have to engage the first two. Fighting two wooden soldiers, and they slash at me with their sharp oaken swords, and are slain. 5xp, you leap over the remains of the two wooden soldiers, and bravely engage the third. And it also attacks with its sharp oaken sword, and lays a particularly brutal stroke for nine damage, but is now slain. 5xp. Without a, even a moment to catch your breath, you find yourself facing an onslaught of wooden soldiers. Seven of the stiff-legged menaces lurch at you from across the road, their sharpened wooden swords poised to cut you down. 
you strategically position yourself so only have to face the first three. Like three wooden soldiers. There's, 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 there's more and more coming. All right, all right, all right. And take that one attack with sharp open sword. Six XP. The four remaining wooden soldiers step wittily forward to a place of the three that have just met their end at your hand. Four now. Still easy peasy. The, the wooden soldiers slash at you with their sharp oaken swords and one laid a brutal stroke for a five damage. I presume the others missed. Or blocked by my shield. Or were parried. Or I dodged. Or something. Or another brutal stroke for seven damage. And they are slain. 22 XP. The four smashed wooden soldiers, the splintered remains, piled up at your feet, appear to be the last of them. All along the main road leading to the small town, doors open, and the fearful, cautious townfolk slowly make their way outside to greet the stranger who single-handedly put down the first arm of the sorceress's wooden regiment. Out of the corner of the eye you spot something high above, and your eyes drift skyward when they behold a curious and unsettling sight. Circling high above the town is a blue-scaled dragon, and on the back of, a mass- of the massive beast sits a green-robed woman. The dragon continues to circle for nearly a minute, before finally soaring off north. Off to the north, you have no doubt just caught a glimpse of the sorcerer through Astra, Aging down, probably most unhappily, at the ruin brought upon her wooden force. As the townsfolk begin to move swiftly towards you, their shouts of praise winging out from all directions, your surroundings predictably begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and once again you find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones, on Dragonfield Hills. The deafening war of the crowd signals that your victory in this, the tenth round of Solendor's Grand Wing of Illusion, has been met with feverish approval. Solendor himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. Alright, that's 256 experience to general. On to the next round. The edge of the contest field, Solendor again congratulates you. Tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Zook, he says. Because I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist a farewell. Make your way off across the tournament grounds. Alright, west to heel. On to the next round. Alright, this is round 11. What could it be? The sound of the crowd of spectators leap to their feet and cheer wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The eleventh round of Solendor's Grand Wing of Illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of all of Solondar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings. You find your surroundings have changed. But to what? Showdown in the end. You're standing at the far end of a wide alley. Behind you, the alleyways... Stops abruptly at a high wall, and before you, about ten yards away, stand seven fierce-looking men. Six of the men hold weapons at the weddy, while the seventh, much taller and larger than the west, a great bearded brute, stands behind the crew, 
His thick, powerful hands planted firmly on his lips. In, all, in the eyes of all seven, you weed murder. Well, you can hardly expect us to believe you're without gold, was the towering bearded man. It's no matter to me how you wish to give, give it up, for you'll have it all the same. My word is what goes around here, stranger, and you will do well to remember it. Go on, have at him. Two of the men, each wielding a wooden cudgel, start towards you, advancing cautiously but steadily. You assume a defensive stance, eager to do battle with the uncannily realistic characters of Solidor's latest illusion. Your surroundings suddenly freeze, and the glowing apparition of the Master Illusionist appears. This rather ghastly bunch is one of the more lethal murder crews employed by the Gwatnook Gang, says Solidor, gazing with notable derision upon the very illusionary villain he's crafted. You might remember the Wapnooks terrorised much of Trithic, particularly Gadorong's end, about 25 years ago. These seven were meted just at the hands of three adventurers that were, who refused to hand over their gold. A good lesson for all thieves to take note of. Sonola points to the tall, bearded man standing at the back of the group. He is a fearsome, fearsomely impressed, immense physical specimen. That man is none other than Nob Blackheart, says the illusionist. They say he slew over a hundred men. There were many who would put the figure substantially higher. We have a work, work cut out with him. Wish you continued luck, Zoop. The scene around you immediately springs back to life. And you two quickly find yourself engaged in a brutal melee. With, the t- with two cudgel-wielding fucks. Begin combat. The two thugs strike out at you with their wooden cudgels. They lay a brutal stroke for 12 damage. They keep striking. I use my cudgel, your cudgels, but I'm bashing harder with my shimmering silver mace. And they are slain. 5 XP. Your two assailants lie dead at your feet. You step over their remains and stare at Nob Blackheart and his merciless band of killers. But the towering leader dust laughs. Go on, finish him up now, he sneers. We've wasted enough time and men on this wench. A man standing just behind Nob steps into view and draws a, draws a long sword. He levels the blade at you as it begins a swift and bold advance. So I can use archery, or I could just attack him. I'll use archery. Succeeded for 4 XP to archery. Your arrow slams into the swordsman's chest, causing him to drop his blade and stagger backwards. He clutches desperately a protruding shaft for several seconds before collapsing to the ground does not move again. One of the men standing next to the towering figure of Nob Blackheart draws a dagger and rushes at you. I would say you're being very stupid, but you're not real, so you can't really be smart or stupid. You manage to dodge the dagger-wielding man's initial series of strikes, but the ferocity of his attack forces you back towards the end of the alley. With no further room for tactical retreat, you firmly plant your feet and engage your vicious assailant. I fight the dagger-wielding assailant. The foe stabs at you with his dagger. And is slain. Your enemy, the enemy's dagger drops from his hand as he staggers and pitches forward, striking the wane-dampened... Street fates first. Before you even had a moment to catch your breath, two more of the gang, each wielding small axes, rush forward, swinging wildly at you. It's two axe-wielding thugs. The two thugs strike... Strike hack. 
strike at you with their axes. Okay, this seem, seems to... Yeah. They keep, they keep axing, and I keep macing, and they are slain. The two... 5 XP. The two axe wielders slump to the ground, only to be immediately replaced by a tall man with a quarter staff. Your new, your new assailant brandishes the staff with a high level of skill as he quickly launches his attack. It's a staff-wielding fuck. I begin combat. The staff-wielding foe strikes out at you. Keep striking, but I strike harder. And is slain. 5 XP. It may be at the cost of my own life, but on my word I'll crush your skull and take you with me, cries Nob Blackheart as he lumbers forward, apparently preparing to battle you with only his bare hands. Honestly, with a name like that, he probably got teased a lot. He probably got really angry and got into a lot of fights. And realised, actually, I'm really good at fighting. I'm going to take this up as a career and be a brutal criminal enforcer. Yeah, it's that, you know, he's an illusion, so. You're dismayed to note, however, that from the knuckles of each of the Hukes, hulking foot, brute's massive fist extends a deadly set of sharpened brass spikes. I fight Knob Blackheart. Yes, that's that's a name. <laughs> not a name I'll not a name I would ever give to anyone. Knob Blackheart swipes out at you with his spiked fists. Yes, I keep taking and oh uh, no no he, he got it he got it here in that time instead of me getting hit in. Now I hit him instead and he is slain. Thirty nine XP. The worst of the Wapnook Dang, including the mighty Knob Blackheart, lie dead at your feet at the end of the wide alley. Shouts in the direction of the street alert you to the fact that the melee has not gone unnoticed. You begin to wonder when Solandar will dispel his grand illusion when your surroundings begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus and you once again stand yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragonfield Hills. The deafening roar of the crowd signals your victory in this the eleventh round of Solondor's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solondor himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you from the Wing of Stones. 256 experience to general. The edge of the contest field, Solondor again congratulates you. Tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done, though, Zoop, he says. I can see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell, and you make your way off across the tournament grounds. So I west to heal from that, and then on to the next round, round 12. The gathered onlookers rise, cheering wildly, as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the Wing of Stones. The twelfth round of Solondor's Grand Wing of Illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper the energy subsides, placed by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solondor's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift, and before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. But to what? After the wane. You find yourself standing on the shore of a placid lake, 
surrounded by a dense forest and tall mountains. Behind you stand a small cluster of buildings that mark the outskirts of a larger town that sits in the foothills to the south. The sky overhead is clear, bright and blue, and the chill of the air is distinctive of early autumn, for the tree, trees that wing the lake have not yet lost their green. Despite the currently pleasant surroundings, all evidence suggests the area has been recently ravaged by one or more violent storms. Several nearby trees have been uprooted, and the lake itself appears to be swelled well beyond its normal borders. Having encroached upon some of the shore vegetation, you're beginning to wonder what sort of test Sonoda has in store for you. With this particularly believable illusion, the entire surface of the lake suddenly begins to whipple. The, seed, the scene around you freezes as the glowing image of the master illusionist appears. The town of Zorenza, on the edge of the frigid mountain lake for which it is named, is about to be invaded, said Sonador gravely. It was a terrible fate that befell Zorenza. And I dare say they could view someone like you on the day that this unfortunate stroke fell upon them. However, all of that is in the pages of history now, for Rosenza has not been found on any map in over 300 years. You learn that a series of powerful, magical storms assailed the region for several weeks just prior to the invasion of Zorenza resulting in the opening of, of a portal for which the cool densens of, of a dark, watery well into the deep lake. Hyperlar, a powerful elemental lord, leads the invasion, says Onador. You are the last hope of Zuenza, Zoop. I wish you luck. Zorondar's apparition fades, and the scene around you springs back to life. Out of the shallows, only a few yards from you, rise the sinister shapes of two short, sword-wielding warriors of water. The first of the elemental warriors steps forward and attacks, aggressively swiping out at you with this rippling sword. It's a water warrior. The water warrior swipes at you with this rippling, rippling blade. Ooh, brutal stroke for twelve damage. But is now slain. 5 XP. The first water warrior explodes into a cool mist. You fall back and assume a defensive stance. The second water warrior advances and attacks. Here we are. I fight this other water warrior. Who also strikes out with a whippling blade. And is also slain. 5 XP. The lake's surface bubbles and swells as two large shapes rise out of its frigid depths and take form before your eyes. An enormous watery serpent and a towering three-armed wave creature. The two monstrosities surge across the top of the water, through the shallows and onto the shore. Both are heading directly for the village. There is only time for you to engage one of them. Attack the watery serpent. Alright, I will. Or I could attack the three-armed thing. You rush forward and engage the fearsome watery serpent. The officious elemental creature rears back and opens its jaws, unleashing a spray of sand and rock that comes, comes within inches of your head. Having narrowly dodged its deadly attack, you leap towards the serpent eager to fight the fearsome watery snake to the finish. Fight a water serpent. The water serpent sprues rock and sands at you out of its open jaws. Oh dear. A powerful blast of water slams into you with bone-jarring force for 18 damage. Oh, and another blast for 13 damage. And is slain. The powerful elemental is no more, 6xb. You're about to stoop to one knee to catch your breath, when two of the sword-wielding water warriors rise up out of the shadows at your feet and attack. 
You fall back and assume a defensive stance as you prepare to engage the first of the fierce elemental fighters. It's a water wire, and I fight it. Strikes out of me with whippling blade. That's just not good enough because it is now slain. The second water wire explodes into cool mist and 5xp, leaving you to face the second one. So water warrior strikes out at you with whippling blade. And a brutal stroke for about 12 damage, but he's still slain. 5xp. There is no time to rest following your victory, as you immediately spot a group of four of the sword-wielding water warriors advancing rapidly on a hastily gathered band of town militia. Realising the militia is ill-equipped to deal with the menace now confronting them, you rush forward and step into the path of the four elemental warriors. The militia men are quickly at your side, but you sharply order them to retreat, and your command is instantly heeded. With grim determination, you prepare to face the first of your four enemies. So Water Warrior once more strikes with his whippling blade. But that's not good enough because it is now slain. The second Water Warrior explodes into a cool mist and 5xp, leaving you, the first Water Warrior, you to face the second. Strikes at me with another whippling blade and is slain. The second water warrior explodes into a cool mist and you quickly find yourself embroiled in a brutal melee with the third. So another water warrior also fights with his whippling blade and is also slain. The third water warrior explodes into a cool mist leaving you to face the fourth. So another water warrior strikes out at you with a whippling blade. And is slain. 5xp. A fierce battle cry sounds from out of the very depths of the lake. And scarcely a moment later, a speeding chariot of water bursts through the placid surface. Drawn by two watery horses standing on the back of the chariot. A whippling axe raised high over his head is a helmed watery warrior. The warrior sleeps from his chariot as it surges into the shore and strides boldly towards you. His axe poised to hack you down. Ilapar, lord of the darkest deep, deep suffers not the interference of mortals, roars the warrior. You owe me your life. With that, the watery foe rushes forward. And attacks Ilapar. And even though he's made out of water, he is no damp squib. <laughs> he strikes at you with his whippling axe. But he keeps striking, but I keep hitting him too. And he is now slain. 38 XP. Ilapar opens his mouth as if to stream, but bursts into millions of small droplets of water before he can produce the sound. A cool breeze, a cool mist, or the remains of the mighty elemental chieftain, blows over you and is borne away to destinations unknown on the back of a wizen, of a wizen breeze. Ooh. I, want, I wonder if... Water that used to be an elemental is safe to drink. Guess there's no way to know, because I can't exactly summon real water elementals to test with, because, you know, I don't have magical powers. <laughs> the surface of the lake comes to life in the wake of Illipar's defeat. You watch with mounting horror as no less than a thousand watery warriors rise out of the frigid depths. Having momentarily forgotten that all of this is just one of Solidor's grand illusions, you're quite relieved when the surroundings suddenly shift and blur. Well, I think this, maybe there was booing when that happened because, I mean, the crowd just don't like like the the crowd 
and the general respect for fair, tough, but fair fights. So just throwing a thousand water eyes at me, like, that's not fair. <laughs> and so they booed. That's probably why. All right. Scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle circle of stones on the Dragonfield Hills. The deafening roar of the crowd signals your victory in this, the twelfth round of Solandor's grand wing of illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solandor himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. 256 experience to General. The edge of the contest field, Solandor again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Soup, he says. You can see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist a farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. Going to west from that. Now on to the next round. It's round 13 now. The grand spectacle known as Solondor's Wing of Illusion is still ongoing. Not since the Festival of Blades there have been such a stir the Dragonfield Hill, Dragon Hill Fields. On to round 13. The gathered onlookers wise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The 13th round of Solidor's grand wing of illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solondar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything about you begins to blur and shift, and before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find that your surroundings have changed. Full Thet, the Invincible. You stand on the crest of a low hill, looking across the bleak, grassy fringe of a broad moor. Dark grey clouds fill the sky, blotting out the afternoon sun and adding to the overall grimness of the scene laid out before you. About a hundred yards from you, moving along a stony track, is a large bearded man. Across his back is slung a broadsword. The man suddenly turns and gazing in your direction. Upon catching sight of you, he begins moving rapidly in your direction along the rocky trail. Without warning, Hanjo's grand illusion freezes and the glowing apparition of the Master Illusionist takes form in front of you. That dangerous creature is none other than Thor Thet, says Solondor, frowning as he gazes at the heavy-set warrior, frozen in mid-step on the rocky trail leading up to you. Most trails were thirteen was full threat the Invincible, who roams the moor outside Trimendor about four hundred years ago, with a group of equally savage men. They were murdered and plundered like few others ever have. In the end, it was twelve border rangers who sought a Thorfest's demise, for by that time he had won off and killed the last of his own, own cohorts. Stupid move, that. Recall hearing several tales over the years about this fearsome warrior. One such tale recounted how Thorfett would cook and devour the bodies of those he slew. Thorfett has spotted you, and he must be defeated, says Stondor. Once his cruel eyes, eyes lock onto his prey, well, I need not tell you. You can quite, quite well see what's before you. No doubt you'll give us a good showing, Zoop. I only wish... 
I only wish you the best of luck. The apparition of the master illusionist fades, and the scene around you returns to life. You watch, watch as the fearsome fallout moves swift, nimbly arc the wassy, rocky moorland trail towards your position. So I can move forward and meet Forfet's advance, or remain where I am and try to conceal myself. I'll try to conceal myself. Like some sort of ambush or something. Stooping low, you slip over the edge of the small hill and quickly search for a hiding spot. Right, picking a number. Bonus of 72. 10 from mine, 10 from luck, 17 from feathery, and 35 from woodmanship. Picking now. 114, you crouch down in a small impression on the uneven ground of the moor and conceal yourself behind a thick patch of tall grass. Bullwet passes within a few yard feet of your hiding spot and then comes to a stand only a few yards away. Rolly earnestly surveys the landscape for any sign of you. The savage warrior is oblivious to your lurking presence. You prepare to sneak up and strike Thorfett from behind. Pick a number once more. Bonus of 73, 20 from agility, 35 from feathery, and 18 from woodmanship. What will happen? 152. You creep forth from your hiding space and strike a powerful, devastating blow from behind on the unsuspecting Thorfett. The savage warrior cries on in agony and alarm before turning to face you. You boldly engage Thorfett, who is seriously wounded. But not wounded enough! The savage Thorfett swipes at you with his wound. What? Ooh, wound. Your enemy slays a particularly brutal stroke on you for 15 damage. Ooh, another brutal stroke for 11 damage, and is now slain. 9 XP, Thorfett's ghastly death cry, rises into the air, momentarily drowning out the buzz of the insects, and the whistles of the birds who make up who make this moor their home. Only when Solendor will dispel his masterful illusion, when suddenly the savage warrior's corpse twitches, you watch in horror as a greenish, glowing apparition appears over his bloodied remains. It's a gruesome, ghostly likeness of, a, of the slain warrior. The ghost of Forfett hisses as it draws a phantasmal ver- version of the same rude broadsword it wielded looks amongst the living. Without hesitation, the ghost surges towards you and attacks it's the spirit of Thorfett. Yay, I get to kill him again. How fun. Begin combat. The spirit of Thorfett swipes at you with its ghostly wound broadsword. What, his sword had a ghost too? Okay, I guess so. Swords can have ghosts, apparently. The touch of your enemy sends a deathly chill the length of your body to 16 damage. You have slain your foe. 70 XP. The ghost of Thorfett rises swiftly and silently into the air and dissipates on a stiff breeze that suddenly sweeps across the bleak, bleak grassy plain. The fearsome warrior who long prowled the moorland at his its most formidable predator is no more. Your thoughts turn to Solandar, and almost at once your surroundings begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragon Hill Fields. The deafening roar of the crowd signals your victory in this the thirteenth round of Solondor's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. 
Solinger himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The master illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the wing of stones. 256 experience to general. The edge of the contest field, Solondor again congratulates you, tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the wing of stones. Well done though, Zoopy says. I see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the master illusionist a farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. Okay, west from that. And then one, one more round for this episode. Round 14. Please continue. A sharp, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap, in, leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper. The energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset one of Solondor's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift. Before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. The fiends of Wraith Hollow. You stand beneath a star-filled, moonlit sky, the edge of the forest that runs up to the base of a tall, steep hill. At the top of the hill, perhaps a quarter mile from you, is a lonely silhouette of a large stone mansion. The new, just chill night air portrays the season as late autumn. Wondering what Solendor has in store for you with his latest creation, when a loud howl erupts from the woods to your left, shattering the silence. Three large hounds, their bodies draped in blue and orange flame, burst out of the forest and bound across the frozen ground towards you, snarling and howling as they close in. The scene around you suddenly freezes as the glowing apparition of Solendor appears. Behold, Zoop, the hounds of Wraith Hollow, cries Solendor, who appears momentarily horrified by the eeriness of his own creation. Mind you, though, these pretty... Pretty beasts are amongst the more pleasant densons of this awful place. This is Wave Hollow, home to a man who was, by e who by every account was, in life, the very incarnate of a demon. There are few names as feared in the legend of Zold as those of Rim Tastor, the master of Wave Hollow. You quickly, you glance quickly at the frozen form of the three snarling hounds, bursting out of the forest on your left. Then look, look back, the master illusionist. The top of the hill is the house of of those, those dark name I have just spoken. Continues Solander, and within its doors lies the daughter of a town elder of Heart Cove, a settlement just a few miles south of this desolate place. Wim Wimdor took the young woman as his bride, snatching her as he passed along as he passed along the road near the gates of his domain. As a less as a lesson in history would tell us, two hundred townsfolk stormed his lair and rescued the young lady. Wimdir fled and never returned. As you've no doubt of guessed soup. The rescue of this young woman is now in your most capable hands. You must you must reach the mansion and save her. Wish you only the best of luck. The apparition of the master illusionist disappears, and a scene about you instantly returns to life. Th the three fiery hounds bound out of the woods at the base of the hill and charge towards you. The ghastly howls and glowing yellow eyes sending a chill down the length of your spine. The ribs of these savage creatures poke through the thin decaying skin that stretches tightly over their bony torsos. As many centuries ago, these hounds met a gruesome fate at the hands of their cruel master. You quickly take 
take up, up a defensive position between the two towering maples, making it so you only have to face one of the towering beasts at a time. With a vicious snarl, the first of the hounds is upon you. It's a watting fire hound. The watting fire hound viciously attacks you. The savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh for ten damage. And it keeps attacking. Ooh, and another savage bite. 5 XP. The second flaming hound howls its streaks towards you. The overpowering stench of decay assails you. The vicious creature draws to within melee range. It's another watting fire hound. The watting fire hound viciously attacks you. It is slain. 5xp, the third hound, its jowls dripping with yellow and white foam, snarls as it bounds forward and leaps for your throat. Begin combat. The watching firehound viciously attacks you and is slain. 5xp, the three watting firehounds are no more. You step away from their festering charred remains and promptly start up the hill, eager to reach the mansion at the summit, and rescue the young lady taken captive by the master of Wraith Hollow. Only a few yards up the slope, you come upon a stony track that winds its way up the face of the hill. After following it for only a minute or two, you arrive at a dense band of fir trees that run the entire width of the slope. The edge of the tree belt, the stony path divides into three separate trails. Each of the three paths lead directly into the shadowy wood. So you can go straight ahead, to the left, or the right. Maybe this skill of woodmanship will give me some clues? Probably not, though. No, no, I'm just... I'll just go straight ahead, then. If you take different paths, slightly different things turn up. But they all lead to the same place. So you want to see what the other paths take? Well, you're just going to have to play the game yourself. Going straight ahead. You plunge into the dark belt of trees on the narrow path straight in front of you. The trail winds its way through the trees and soon passes through a small clearing in the midst of which stands the weathered statue of a tall world man. The statue's face, though certainly meant to be human, is sunken and disfigured. You have no doubt the very likeness of the infamous Vim Trastor, the master of Wave Hollow. You are about to step past the grotesque statue and continue along the path, when you certainly spot pale, shining red eyes in the shadow of the wood off to your white. Hold your ground and face the red-eyed menace. Bravely, you, sta you stand your ground and a small sense of relief comes over you as the red eyes suddenly disappear. The reprieve proves only temporary. However, for just moments later, a pair of bright red eyes return accompanied by a second pair. A vicious, vicious snarls hurl out of the darkness as two hawking wolfkin leap from the shadows, limberly landing only a few yards from you. You quickly assume a defensive stance as the first of the wolfmen loop forwards and attacks. It's a massive wolfkin. As if a regular wolfkin wasn't bad enough, this one's massive. The hulking wolfkin tears at you with tooth and claw, but is still slain. Private speed. The second wolfkin bounds forward and attacks, his fangs and claws flashing in the dark darkness as the horrid creature tears at your flesh. It's another massive wolfkin, and it tears at you with tooth and claw and lays a brutal stroke for ten damage, but is slain. With the two wolfing now little more than bloody piles of fur and flesh, you're about to continue along the path when you suddenly note 
that the eyes of the of the nearby statue are moving. She cautiously approached the haunting likeness of the Moonset Star. As you draw near, the eyes cease their movement to return to stone. Thankful that these eerie surroundings are all part of Sanzo's grand illusion, and quite eager to find yourself done with this particular challenge, you hurry off along the path. You emerge from the belt of trees and find you're about halfway up, up the long slope upon crown of which is per- perched the gaunt, eerie spectre of the old mansion. Even at this considerable distance, you are aware of several dark shapes atop the tallest portion of the mansion roof. You watch in horror as four of the shapes spread what appear to be broad wings and soar upwards into the moonlit sky. Moments later, the four shapes are rapidly descending on you, and it's only now you get that you're Get your first revealing glimpse of the hoary creatures. They are large, skeletal birds. A chorus of wailing shrieks fill the air as the skeleton undead birds of prey swoop down upon you and attack. You now face a skeletal bird of prey. The large skeletal bird of prey tears at you, your flesh with its beak and talons. And is slain once more. The second of the fleshless bird descends upon you, 5XB, tearing at you with its deadly talons. Skeletal bird of prey. The large skeletal bird of prey tears at your flesh with its beak and talons. The enemy snaps its beak down upon you hard. For 15XB damage, doesn't it? And then again for 9 damage. But it is slain. The third skeletal 6XB skeletal bird shrieks as it swoops in, clawing at you with its sharp talons. The large skeletal bird of prey tears at your flesh with its beak and talons, and it snaps its beak down on me hard for 8 damage, and is slain. The fourth and final skeletal bird shrieks angrily as it descends upon you. And I fight it. The large skeletal bird of prey tears at your flesh with its beak and talons. It keeps fighting. It snapped Mimi's beak for 15 damage and is slain. 6 XP. It's going to heal from that. With the undead birds of prey now little more than piles of splintered bone littering the hillside, you spring forward and charge up the remainder of the slope towards the eerie mansion perched upon its crest. You reach the main doors of the mansion and are about to attempt to open them when, without warning, they draw silently inwards, revealing a torch torch-lit hall of polished marble. Lying on the floor, only a few feet inside the doors, is the daughter of the town odour you've come here to rescue. You step into the hall and move up to her. The young lady is unconscious, but appears otherwise unharmed. A soft rustle from the corridor ahead draws your gaze to the end of the hall, which is met by a sight that makes your blood run cold. What could it be? A tall, gaunt figure, garbed in a long, flowing white robe, glides into view at the far end of the hall. The figure turns its recessed, pale face towards you, begins to creep silently along the passage in your direction. The seven-foot, ghastly figure now slowly approaching you is none other than Vim Tastwar, the master of Wraith Hollow. You suddenly realise he'd only rescued the young lady you've come here seeking, whose unconscious form lies just ahead, in the middle of the corridor. I can just rescue the lady and get out of here. Or I can engage the evil and powerful 
Vivrim Tastor. Well, fight a, fight a terrifying, huge bad guy? Of course. A wide grin spread slowly across the cracked, sour, widen face of Vivrim Tastor. The master of Wraith Hollow maintains his silence, braces up both his arms. A horrifying transformation comes over him. Eight long, black, hairy legs protrude from all angles out of his white rose as his long, drawn torso contorts into a dark, bulbous orb. You watch in growing revulsion as Vivian Tastor massively assumes the form of a giant black spider. In a matter of seconds, the transformation is complete. The massive spider rears up on six of its legs and then surges along the passage towards you, prepared to make short work the would-be hero intruded upon its lair. And now fights a massive black spider. Oh dear. The massive spider strikes out at you its cruel fangs. Pain racks your body as the venom of your enemy courses through your veins. For 11 damage. Ooh, it keeps trying to strike me. But he is slain. 71 experience. And then 256 experience. The giant spider recoils as a series of violent shudders run through its long, hairy legs. The horrid creature collapses into a puddle of sickening brown ooze and begins to swivel up. The matter of moments, you're staring at the tall, motionless, gaunt form of Vivim Tastor, the master of Wave Hollow. You're about to step forward and prod the corpse just just to make certain it will not again spring to life, when suddenly it's desired, all that's left in its, in its wake, on the edge of an expanding pool of brown ooze, is a small black beetle. The tiny insect scuttles out of the pungent liquid and slips into a crack at the edge of the hall. With no desire to remain within the confines of solemn yours, eerie illusion for a moment longer than necessary. You rush ahead and reach the side of the young woman you were tasked with rescuing. No sooner has your hand touched her shoulder, your surroundings begin to shift and blur. Alright. So apparently this guy is from the Oogie Boogie school of villainy. Yes. Have one bug sneak away. And unfortunately, Santa Claus isn't here to deal with it, so he'll be back. Or he would be, but he's just an illusion. And whatever he was a long time ago, he's probably dead by now. Or not. I mean, he is magic. So maybe, maybe the real Vivian Tastor is still alive somewhere. Yes, wouldn't that be a fun adventure to do? But, for now, the scene around you gradually returns to focus and you once again start find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragonfield Hills. The deafening roar of the crowd signals your victory in this the 14th round of Solendor's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solendor himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. 256 experience to general. At the edge of the contest field, Solendor again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Zoop, he says. See, I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist to farewell and make your way off along the tournament grounds. Going to west. I'm going to save. And that's... 
that's that's it for now. Next time we will return to do a few more rounds of Sondor's Grand Wing of Illusion. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.